0: As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your host. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Trish Murray. After 25 years in business and marketing, Trish found herself on a 10 year long healing journey, exploring and integrating a myriad of resources and practices to recalibrate burnout, body, mind, and soul, and reshape a life of work into a life 360 degrees. Today, Trish's focus is fast tracking CEOs and business owners towards individual inspired insights encoded into their birth data that shape their unique soul style and equips them with more soul aligned solutions inside their business and beyond. Trish integrates her study in psychology, marketing, and business with principles and practices from yoga therapy, astrology, and human design for more meaning, purpose, and alignment between soul and business. All right. Welcome, Trish. I am so, so pleased to have you here with us today to learn more about you and the work you do. And i want to dissect this beautiful beautiful bible (laughs) that you gave me i I have questions can we start there absolutely thank (laughs) you nice to be here it's so good to have you okay um this first little bit i'm so super curious about reshape a life of work into a life 360 degrees i don't understand that explain that to me a little
1: Well, I think there's probably at least one listener or or viewer who will understand the treadmill. And the treadmill is the life of work. The treadmill is you get up, you go to work, you come home, you go to sleep, and you get up and you keep doing that over and over and over again. And I was probably just coming up on my midlife shift when it really started to become very, um, I felt it, I felt that there was a shift coming. And that shift really started to come into focus when through meditation and that kind of thing. When I started to hear this life 360, life is so much more than just the work. Life is so much more than just the business and or just the fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. Um, And so that was for me, one of the biggest pivot points that I hit in my in my midlife journey was really recognizing that I had constructed a life of work, working all the time, six days a week, twelve hours a day, and not much else. But at the same time, everything else had become or had come to feel like work. Right? Birthday parties, going out with friends. It was all just starting to feel like duty and obligation as opposed to fun and excitement, and joy. So that's my life of work into a Life360.
0: Okay, I I get that. Um, What what do you think that thing was that you were hearing that life is more than 360?
1: Oh, well, I was actually just listening to one of your recent podcasts called um, Trust the Niggles. And (laughs) oh, my gosh, the Niggles is that's what I, you know, I kind of refer to it as our inner oracle or that inner voice of wisdom, you know, just that intuitive part of us that is so strong and trying to communicate like our soul voice, maybe even is what some people might call it. Um so I think of the niggles as um, equally vital as what you pointed out in that podcast. And I think that was really what I was tuning into through that period of time was, you know, like the voice was just getting stronger and stronger because mm. I hadn't been tuning in. I hadn't been sort of listening with that with that deeper um,
0: intuitive base. Right. Awesome. I I love that. And I, I haven't heard inner Oracle before and I really like like that. I use inner wisdom, soul voice, uh, the higher self, inner Oracle. That's
1: good. It's just, there's so much wisdom. So I think there's, there is a,
0: there's a reason why that particular word was given to me for sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Got it. Now, human design, that's another thing that uh, you talk about uh, lightly on your bio. And I, and I don't, I haven't heard that term either. What is human design? Well, so human design is
1: actually, um, I would say kind of an expansion off of, Western astrology, and actually, it pulls in a lot of different things, like the Chinese I Ching and the and Eastern astrology, like Vedic astrology. Um, it pulls in um, quantum physics, which is another one of my little side interests, is understanding the whole field and the energy. Um, so it is it, my my interpretation of it um, is that it is the next iteration of the insights that we would get through our astrological natal chart. And, you know, when I, because I work with people on both sides of that um, I feel like human design brings us to a place of precision insights. There's a precision nature to um, the themes and um, that come through our human design charts that I don't, Get when I'm working solely with someone's uh, astrology or numerology.
0: Okay, I, I need a little more clarity here. Is um so you you talk about um your birth data? Is that that's the is that the astrological signs and time that you're born and all that stuff? Well, so you, starting with your birth data, you you know you can just work with some basic
1: numerology and get some pretty deep insight about you know how we are wired, how, you know, that unique aspect of who we are at a soul level. And, you know, like to just back up a little bit, I, in the corporate world, I worked a lot with um, personality type profiling and that kind of stuff um, as part of my iteration (laughs) into where I'm at right now. And the one thing that kind of really stood out for me is in some of the profiling tools, they talk about your natural style and your adaptive style. And I thought, isn't that interesting that we have this adaptive style. And so, you know, it's nice to know that we can adapt to certain situations or environments or circumstances, but is adapting the ultimate goal? Or is the goal finding a way to bring ourselves more in alignment with our natural style or i refer to it as our soul style because i'm using that that sort of uh, birth data and it just sent me down rabbit hole <laughs> right. to really start thinking about what is what 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 is the optimal expression for us is it to be in our adaptive style or is it to find our way into and create a world, our corner of the world in a way that really does reflect who we are at a soul level and that natural style. So, um, so, so yes. so the birth data was, it was a bit of an experiment. Mm. Um, and I, I have been trying to remember all the steps back that I took to get here and, you know, some of them are going to escape me, but what, what I really came down to is, you know, I was, pardon my can I swear on your podcast go
0: for it (laughs) okay
1: I was fucking around with a whole bunch of stuff (laughs) in the pursuit of meaning and purpose and a a deeper sense of alignment with that life 360 and what does that look like and you know finding my way into work that had a deeper meaning to me um for a lot of reasons and when I started to look at all of the sort of the data that i was gathering by looking at my numerology my astrology my human design i was like this is this is who i actually really am this is Mm -hmm. who i really am and i didn't know it intellectually it was like this it was this heart feeling of this theme or this piece here resonates so strongly for me and i don't even know why Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of the, the, the journey. And then I started doing case stories around, you know, sort of, um, well-known or high profile people just to be able to prove to myself, cause I'm a bit of a scientist at heart. Um, and the it, it, ironically, the human design piece was presented to me, uh, way back in 2015. And there's two sides to human design. Um, one is a very traditional approach that was written by, um, a fellow, and I'm probably not going to say his name, right, but Ra Uru. Um, And then it's been adapted into sort of a quantum conversation, very high vibrational language um, by a woman by the name of Karen Curry Parker. That's who I study with. And the themes are expansive, Right. Mm. And so human design is really it's a it's a way of understanding ourselves. It's a way of understanding. um, You know, if you were to think of we came into this life with a bit of a blueprint for how we could piece together and 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 move ourselves into the fullest expression of the divine, which we Mm. are. Human design helps us understand what those themes are, what those, you know, potential obstacles are that we might come up against, what may be the soul curriculum or the lessons that we're here to learn in pursuit of soul growth.
0: Okay. Um, I hadn't intended to go down this path when we got on a conversation, and yet I feel really called to understand this deeper. If we can... um, Spend a little more time, invest a little more time on this, because I, I feel that that is our our job as human beings is to really understand who we are. Know thyself, know thyself, and I believe there are different ways to know thyself. And for me, that process has been simply just going for a walk in the forest and connecting to my environment and in so doing I feel like I'm connecting to my higher self to to god to all that is mm-hmm. and you you are sharing another way to understand who you really are and I I I want to understand this other way so yeah. can we can we dive in a little deeper with um sure. Okay, yeah. so where where do we start with that conversation? Well, so let maybe me just, your maybe your story me, is it okay? Start there, yeah.
1: oh, it's long. Um, I'll <laughs> try and pull out the highlights. Okay. So, I mean, let's let's just back up to 2012 because that's in truth where I would say that the story actually really um, kicked into high gear for me, and um, I've been doing a lot of work with people who are going through that midlife shift. And, you know, one of the things that I've come to to start with with people is recognizing that one of the reasons why we call it a midlife crisis, in my opinion, is that we have no idea (laughs) the astrological events that are going on through that 15 year period from about 37 to 60, let's say 50 for sure and then the 50s to 60s it's a whole other decade where we're integrating so much stuff that we've that we've been kind of bringing been brought through if we've been open to receiving um from those sort of astrological experiences and i'm talking about things like there's in astrology they ha- they talk about returns right certain planets return to the same place as they were where they when we were born and that Creates an experience for us, an experience based around certain themes. Around, you know, there were certain energies that are coming in in a stronger way. Um, In numerology, we map out people's personal pyramids and we can find four pivot points that have, again, a specific theme. And it's like, you know, if you imagine before you came into this life, and I'm, I'm going to honor the people who may not believe in multiple lifetimes, because I don't think you have to believe that in order to get a hold of what I'm saying. So you come into this life, but before you came, you went through a strategic planning process with the divine, with the creator, God, whatever you refer to that as. And you guys all map out like what's going to happen in this lifetime, major milestones, themes you want to focus on, um, you know, where you're probably going to need a little bit more support from the divine at certain points in your life. And then you forget it all when you get here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, my experience is that um, the numerology, the astrology, the human design is all helping us remember, helping us to remember what it is that we actually signed on for when we came, and to make that journey in a far more peaceful, easy way. My journey was not peaceful. It was not easy, <laughs> and it was not fast. It was long. I took the long way around. And, um,
0: and can I can I ask a quick question before we yes. get on to um, the story? And maybe it's not a quick question. Um, why are we forgetting? why are we coming to live our life with a blank slate and having to what often feels like fighting to remember
1: yeah fighting you to know,
0: find ourselves or is that is that too big of a question to ask
1: it is in my opinion i think that is a huge question right. and i think that that would take us down some pretty intense rabbit holes um, I think we could look at it from the perspective of part of the journey is the remembering,
0: mm-hmm. right? We, well, we I 100% believe it. that. I I do believe that we are here to remember who we really are. I yeah. just really understood why we forgot in the first place. Is it because yeah. it that's how we learn to evolve is by the remembering process the
1: well again i'm going to ask for permission because it's your podcast um say whatever you and again like. it'll it'll just be based on my opinion and and some of the rabbit holes that i have gone mm. down but you know there's a few theories that that i think are plausible number 1 we are meant to find joy in the remembering
0: ah I like and, that that speaks to me <laughs>
1: <laughs> and um and you know i think that Whether your audience is ready for this particular theory or not, I personally believe that there's been a lot of influence in our world that has caused us to forget and to stay forgetting. And also a lot of influences that have hidden ways and means for us to remember and to relearn or to expand on where we came in at if you, if you ascribe to the multiple lifetimes. And, you know, I was just um, just working on a workshop presentation and one of the intro slides that I share with people is um, that, there's, that there's hidden knowledge, there's hidden wisdom behind locked doors. And those doors have been locked for a reason. Um, and some of those reasons aren't very nice to talk about, but they are what they are. And again, this is just a theory of mine. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you think about the locked doors, one of those locked doors for me, or one of those influences for me, keeping a door locked, is how things are marketed. And this is my previous career. Mm -hmm. I'm very well-versed in a lot of the tricks and a lot of the tools and a lot of the mm, things that get, that happen in marketing and they're not always above board. Some of it's actual bullshit and some of it's actually deceptive. And, and, and as consumers, we all kind of know that, but we don't know that. And so I look at just even where we started this conversation in terms of how is numerology and astrology been marketed? Well, it's been marketed as this like, ooh, woo stuff. And it's so unattainable. And the average person can't ever really understand that. No, I don't agree with that. I don't personally agree with that. Or it's been marketed as occult, and that's actually a true definition when you understand what occult means. Um, it means hidden, obscured uh, or or not even uh, or maybe like not even understandable with the rational mind. So I get all of that. I would actually agree that it is kind of occult. It's been hidden away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's spiritual and religious reasons why we haven't been invited to go down that path. And that, again, is part of the journey, I think, for all of us, is sorting through what do we really believe is true and what is not mm-hmm. true, what is really serving us and what is not serving us. And, and you know, what did our souls come here to explore
0: this time around? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, I, th- I believe that there's a certain readiness that we have to arrive at before doors can be opened before yes. we can really see. Yeah, I agree. There. And I agree. that's the journey, I suppose that's, uh, we're, we're working to ready ourselves for the, the opening of the next door. And yeah. I, I think that's a lot about what I'm here to do personally and to assist my clients to do is help them open those doors and right. really understand who they are what they want why it matters and looking deep into to the depths of our being
1: well and you know that in and of itself isn't for everybody and no, I, and no. i learned this actually when i was work, when as i work with the numerology so in numerology i usually start with somebody with their core number and their the, the numbers work from Um, two until 10, and then they move into sort of master numbers. But let's just work two until 10, right? Two, three, four, five, six. And as I've worked with people around this, I have come to, again, another theory that if someone has come into this life uh, with a core number of four, I can't work with them the way that I would work with somebody who's at a core number of nine. Hmm. And it's, it's my belief right now that And it's like I said, guys, I'm working with a theory here. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's my belief right now that, you know, part of that is, is because we're, we're at that stage of um, growth. And we're integrating all of the four elements, if you've come in with a core four. And you're not ready for a core nine, because there's all these other things that we learn Right. as a core five, as a core six, as a core seven, that build on each other. And it's it's quite fascinating for me now to look at this. Um, and, you know, then the question becomes, well, do we only get come here nine times? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But that's just my oh. personal philosophy. So
0: um, let me, I, I know nothing about numer- numerology. Okay. So is the... Um, the number sp- supposed to correspond with the number of times you've been reincarnated. Is that what you're, you're suggesting?
1: I'm no, because that would mean that we only come here nine times, right. right. Or 10 times or 11 times. Right. And I don't believe that that's necessarily true. Um, but I do believe it's a reflection of the depth of learning. So maybe we're right. coming back as a, as a core three, but this time we're, we're learning sort of more of the deeper insights that uh, surround what it is to be a core three or a core nine, right? The challenges will maybe be a little bit different um, this time around because we're wanting to integrate that even deeper. Mm -hmm. And
0: yeah, so that's, it's just a fun little theory that I'm working with. I Um, like it. It's really interesting. Um, How do you get your, core number what's what is how do you determine your core number that's
1: a super fun easy um easy thing um if you just take the numbers of your birth date translate them into numbers right so if you're let's just use may 5th or may 8th of 1972 right and you just you're adding the 5 and the 8 and the 1 the 9 the 7 and the 2 together and then you're going to distill that down to well Let's just use that as an example. Yeah. or if you want to use your number, uh, Anita, take your numbers, take yeah. your birth date, um, and and just add them up. And so if you get to something like, let's just say you get a twenty nine, yeah, right? That's what your number adds up to. You're going to distill that down to the next number, which is an eleven. Wait a minute, wait, what, how,
0: how, how do because, you go from 29 to Oh, 11?
1: because you're just going to keep adding the numbers together,
0: right? Oh, so, I see, I see, okay. How mm-hmm. it becomes one number, like uh, yeah. one single digit.
1: Oh, that's super yeah. interesting. Okay. As a rule, it, yeah. we distill it down to one number. There are exceptions to the rule, and that was a good one, because if your number was 29 and you distill it down, two plus nine is 11, you stay there, because a core 11, 11 is a master number in numerology, mm-hmm. And right. so you don't distill it any further than that because there's a whole theme that goes along with a core 11.
0: Right. Okay. So is it th- then if I'm understanding correctly, is it that number is co- then correlated with a certain level of evolution that your soul has gone through maybe?
1: Is that possibly, it? possibly. But in I, I try and keep it just in this context, in the context of this lifetime, um, And what you might be experiencing, what I what I believe based on my own personal numbers, and the work that I've been doing with people, is that it becomes an overarching theme to what what what's gone on and what's going on in your life. So I've got a client right now. She's a core eight, and a core eight is really kind of if I were to distill it down to two words, they're risers and strivers and as soon as i said that phrase to her she was oh my god that is totally me mm-hmm. right there there's a there's a desire to want to achieve and and absolutely live from a place of independence right so so there's this this conversation always going on in terms of how do i rise to be able to reach my next level of achievement but also feel a sense of independence doing it my way doing it in a way that really fits me um Whereas a core five are freedom uh, freedom lovers and they will organize their lives in such a way that they are either experiencing more freedom or they are able to live more fully in that life 360 with with a sense of love like they just love their life and they you know so i see this a lot with people who have split careers right maybe you're a bartender because you want to be a performer right Uh, very often you'll find them in uh uh, a core five because they're they're piecing their life together for Mm -hmm. the greatest amount of freedom and to live in every way the life that they love.
0: Thank you for um, clarifying that a bit. I have to be honest. I was a, a little worried that um, that maybe if I do my numbers, I'm going to discover that I'm a two or three. And, and in my mind, I automatically went to that that is not a as involved. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah. a bad thing, and I'm like, yeah, why did it's I not they do that? You know, like that's that that's an old an old little um, self belief of that that not enoughness sort of yeah. coming up, and it's so funny. I haven't felt that in a long time, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, maybe I'm only a three, and therefore I'm not enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. and you know saying? It's, thing.
1: it's so funny. interesting uh, that you say that Anita, because I hear that a lot from people, especially in workshops. They're like, oh, I'm only a core three. I'm like. Only, oh my gosh! Let me tell you what a core three is all about, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, the the I, I'm hesitant about throwing that theory out there because I don't know. Right. It just makes sense to me because when I see people who are core eights or core threes, I can see them working from this really stable base of what a core two is all all about. Right. It's like, okay, so you learn that, we learn that, and I'm looking at it even from my own. Perspective. I'm a core 11 and I look back on, oh yeah, man, I can tell that I have gone through the deep experiential philosophical learning that would accompany somebody who's a core seven. I've, I really learned to balance the ambition and the humanitarianism right. that would accompany somebody who's a core nine. Right. So
0: mm.
1: it just, it kind of makes sense, but I don't think of it in terms of, of better or worse, less yeah, than, than, than or more than. than.
0: No, it's, um, I think think of
1: it as in terms of depth and layers of the onion.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so is that what you're talking about when you say, um, your soul style, are you talking about your, your sort of that, that, that core number or is that different?
1: Well, I think in my world, um, I think that there's all kinds of ways to find your soul style. Um, I, I, I'm using it. I'm kind of, taking ownership of that phrase for myself and introducing pieces to people based on whatever it is that they're looking for, mostly in the context of their business. Right. But also, you know, I work with a lot of business owners who understand that work of like life of work and they are looking for how, you know, what is it that will inspire them to recalibrate Right. Um, So I do that more with, you know, the pieces of numerology, pieces of astrology and pieces of the human design that that really is going to, I think, resonate the most and and create that that sense of inspiration. Um, I don't know if you heard this recently, but I was just reading something about how kids learn more when they're inspired than when they're afraid. Mm
0: -hmm. And I said
1: to myself, well, I guess that we're all kids then.
0: Yeah. Well, it makes sense. I mean, right. it, I, I would think that when we're inspired, we're in that state of expansion, but we're, we're afraid we we kind of contract in on ourselves and it's harder to learn when we're, when we're yeah. free, for sure. Yeah.
1: And if you think back to what we've been talking about, right? Like remembering, remembering is, it's kind of an exploration. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, um, you know, Joseph Campbell or Carl Young, they worked with that hero's journey mm-hmm. and you know, it really is about choosing to step out on that. And you can't. it's it's hard to do when you're afraid. It's hard to do when you're tired. It's hard to do when you're burned out. Mm. It's hard to do when, you know, the pressure of the world is just yeah. weighing on your shoulders. And, you know, the more we can get ourselves to a place of curiosity, I think that's a good thing.
0: That is a theme that has come back again and again on the show uh, with numerous guests as being in a, a state of curiosity. Mm. We can embrace a curious nature that we will have that, that uncovering, I guess, the, the discovery, the, uh, the, in that too.
1: On a, on a whole other tangent, that's actually kind of what I'm thinking about when, when I um when we were talking about the age of Aquarius, right. Oh, we're going to go there. Aquarius, right. (laughs) And, you know, Aquarius obviously is a sign in the Zodiac in the, in the Western Zodiac. And, um, it's, there is, there was a, when I started to kind of study into the age of Aquarius to understand what that was, because in my opinion, everything that we see going on in our external world right now is like, it lines up very closely to what those themes are that are associated to the age of Aquarius. Um, even the you know crazy chaotic stuff, it it makes sense if you kind of are able to look at it through this lens of what is Aquarius. Aquarius is all about you know um, change because it's ruled by the planet Uranus, uh, change and a little bit and disruption, and intentionally looking for ways to challenge the status quo and. Um, I mean, these are all things that resonate with me now. This is the
0: state of the world right now. This is what we're
1: living in. Yeah. But if you had asked me to entertain these ideas in 2012, I would have been like, no, got no capacity for that. No change. No, that I'm I'm, because of
0: burnout. Right. I was totally burned out. Well, um, and I would love to have a conversation about the age of Aquarius. I want to come back though, because you were telling us about your personal story. And then you just mentioned again, I was in a state of burnout. So I feel like maybe we're coming yeah. back to, to that point. So can we pick up where we left off on on where you were on your journey that brought you to what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, and I love doing that um, because I think that, you know, one of the things that I will often say to people is that the very first thing that I needed to do for myself was to create mind space.
0: Hmm. I
1: couldn't entertain any of this stuff. I couldn't take in this new concept, these new, you know, um, ideas without creating mind space. And what I chose to do in order to create that um, is... It's something I would never ask anybody else to do because it was, uh, it was extreme at times, but that was the first thing. So being able, you know, having this conversation um, about where I was, the burnout was a big thing. Um, I did, I made the choices that I needed to make in order to bring myself into a state where I could heal and the healing accompanied, you know, creating space in my mind Um to just consider other options and other thoughts. But the healing journey in and of itself was, was probably, you know, and I'm not sure that I could say that I'm done. Right. I think that it's something that I'm always learning. And that I was saying to you that that was one thing that really landed for me when I started working with my human design chart, because one of the themes for me is embodiment and, or said another way, the love of the body, learning to love my body, physically love my body, like like appreciate every single wrinkle, every single scar, every single, uh, you know, problem area, right? Whatever language we want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but also appreciating and loving on it in from an emotional perspective right? Like thinking about all the thoughts that we think about that aren't always very kind towards ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then really learning to love the body as a vessel for the divine spirit, right? Mm -hmm. For the soul to live the best life ever, right? Mm -hmm. A lot loving the body for that purpose. So uh, I worked with a lot of different modalities, a lot of different practices in order to bring myself to a place of Mm, not balance but maybe equilibrium is a better word. And so um you know maybe it's helpful for your audience cuz I don't really know where they are in their journey but for me there were kind of three things that I did uh, and I really started with body based practices. You know, I I went back into yoga. I had been had an on and off relationship with yoga for gosh 25 years at the time and I made commitment to my yoga practice and that involved of course meditation and that sort of served as a mind-based practice so there's body-based practices mind-based practices and then spiritual or energetic maybe based product practices and i think part of that journey right we're talking about you know the joy in remembering the joy in Coming, bringing ourselves out of burnout, or creating mind space, or whatever we're doing, part um, part of that is 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 I think really starting to tune into that inner oracle that we talked about, inner oracle, and listening for when she or he wants to say, "I think it's time for a mind based practice now," right? I think it's time to go to a spiritual or an energetic type practice now, and um, yeah. So the body-based practices was was big, right? Natural paths, that kind of thing, homeopathy. Um, I work with a lot of herbals right now. And then the mind-based practices was, of course, meditation. Um, I learned something called heart-brain coherence. Um, you can find more out about that. I think it's a very powerful experience through Heart Math Institute. Um, and then the spiritual or the energetic um, experiences, that would have been things like Reiki, right? I went and got my level one, two Reiki certification. Um, and then, you know, I kind of started to wrap it all up into that holistic or integrated thing that that is yoga, right? The union between body, mind, and spirit. Um, when I studied yoga, I went to study as a teacher, uh, got my teacher training, and then I added on to that with yoga therapy. And that I think was where we first started talking Anita about somatic practices mm-hmm. this idea that sometimes the pain that we have in our body isn't as a result of a physical cause mm-hmm. and that is a complete mind shift for for me it was and for most people that I talk to opening the door to the opening the locked door to this notion that You know, the emotion that we've experienced in our life, the experiences that we've had, whether they've been traumatic or not, maybe they've been extremely uh, positive, but all of that gets stored in our body at, at an energetic level. And that is a, it's a, it's a beautiful journey to take, because I think it introduces us to our body in a whole different way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. You said a number of things here that I really like. Um, so, and I, I, I want to just um touch on a few of them and see if I'm getting it. Um, so loving the body, loving the body, creating that, that space of love for the body. And and I really believe, I can't remember what your exact words were, but I feel like our philosophies are the same here that when we really love who we are, that opens us up to receive more of those messages from, you know, the inner Oracle or God or source or whatever your word is for that. So I think that is really key. And I, I get the, the, what I call truth bumps when I say something that I think is really powerfully true. I love that. <laughs> and I just got those truth bumps, um, loving the self. So in your practice and what you believe to create that full body of love of self, you need to have um, a body-based practice, a mind-based practice, and a spirit-based practice. Did, is that what you're saying, that to create that yeah. love of
1: self? Well, I, I, what I what I would say as a caveat to that is that was the journey that I went through. Sure. That was the path that I followed. Um, and I went through that cycle a number of times back to, is it you know, are is it, is the core number a reflection of where we are in our soul path? Yes. And it's probably a reflection of multiple times, right? Same thing with the body-based, mind-based, spirit-based. I went through multiple layers of that, starting with like a naturopath. And now I'm working with herbals, like moving away from sort of the manufactured supplements to getting back to the raw herbs. So that's like, 10 years later, I'm still working with body-based practices to support the physical body, Mm -hmm. but at a very different level Mm -hmm. than, or a very different place than than where I would have started necessarily, right? Or even with chiropractic. Chiropractic was a big part of it to start with. It is still, but there have been other things that have been kind of woven in there.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. Uh, And am I also hearing that, yoga therapy or yoga has been your go-to that combines those three practices the mind body and soul
1: yeah and you're gonna love this I mean I think maybe you'll <laughs> love this because I love this part I <laughs>
0: love your energy um, right now you're very lit up
1: <laughs> when I was studying psychology I love psychology oh. um, and I was studying psychology kind of almost at the same time as I was studying yoga therapy. And I found this book called Eastern body, Western mind. Hmm. So let me leave your, before I forget to do this, I would like to share uh, three resources that I think your audience will find helpful no matter where they are in their journey. Number one, if you haven't already folks found Louise Hay, heal your body. It's a, it's like, almost like somatic 101, right? Mm -hmm. Just even kind of getting your head around this notion that emotions can be responsible for um, dis-ease and Mm -hmm. uh, illness for us. Number two, The Emotion Code by Bradley Nelson. And what I loved about The Emotion Code was, yes, you can go and find Emotion Code practitioners, but he – makes it so accessible for people to practice his process on your own. And that's what I ended up doing because I didn't, I couldn't find an emotion code practitioner. I I learned how to do it for myself and then, you know, did it for some of my yoga clients. But so that was number two, the emotion code by Bradley Nelson, number three, Eastern body, Western mind. And so let me come back on this because while I was studying psychology as I love it. Studying yoga therapy Anodea Judith, and that's the author of Eastern Body, Western Mind, Anodea Judith. Um, I think her name is spelled A-N-O-D-E-A, Anodea uh, Judith. She is uh, a PhD psychologist, and she has like, basically woven psychology in together with the chakras mm-hmm. from yoga and so she will go through this like when you read this book and you start to realize like you know where our chakras either get out of balance or where we maybe have an over expression like we're 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 like a i don't i want to say over abundance but she uses the word excess or deficiency and it it creates um situations that we're probably constantly dealing with right those same things that we keep coming up against brilliant absolutely brilliant book um it might be like textbooky to some people but for me it was just the perfect blend of these two worlds that i had been living in right psychology and yoga and and really looking for ways to integrate that both for myself as well as as expanding the conversation that i was having with with ceos and business owners about you know I know. I know what's going on in your physical body. Here's something else that you can go and work with, um, and just giving people more more resources, more things to think about than just the conventional. I need to go, and well, in my language, take a pill.
0: Right. Right. Looking more deeply, lifting the head, yeah. lifting a, the hood and understanding yeah. what's really going on with, um, yeah. with your body, mind, body and, and spirit. I think that's yeah. really great.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm not being disparaging towards taking a pill because I think that that is absolutely 100% necessary for a lot of people until they reach through the body-based practices, the mind-based practices yeah. and the energy until we move through our soul growth and and open up to the possibility that there's maybe a different way to um, remedy the situation
0: i want to thank you for saying that Uh, i think that's really important and sometimes i know myself included i i forget because i have a a healthy body i do not need to turn to medication and yet some people i deeply love and care about i know they have they, they need that support yeah. and mm-hmm. I think we need as a society as a whole, we need more compassion around that. So I'm really glad you presenced that. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, some great resources that you're offering here and we'll include them in the show notes. I have read Louise Hay's book. She was um, transformative for me when, as a young woman. I'm really glad um, I, I discovered her her materials. and. And she was the first um, first person that I've ever came across who helped me understand that what you think can really shape your reality. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's a really uh, her work. A lot of her work is um, very powerful. I, I highly recommend that the other two. Well
1: books- that's a conversation like w- like we could have all day long every day right now <laughs> because I think that there is so much again from my 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 past world so much from the marketing and the media and the messaging that is is keeping us on a on a track that is not allowing us to kind of expand our minds and think more divergently about the potential that well well, maybe it is the age of aquarius but even if it isn't like you know maybe i need maybe i do need to go and find more about who i am and you know what did i come here to do right
0: it, and is that a conversation that we can build an episode around? Because I, I, th- I think it's really interesting. Can we offer tips for people on how to navigate the craziness of media? Um,
1: okay. <laughs> I'm only laughing because my only solution for that, unless your job depends upon it, is like mind space, mind space, mind space.
0: Meaning ignore
1: it? You got to turn it off and, and, and really start to limit how much you're listening to it. And the other side of it is divergent, going and finding very divergent sources, people who might even be saying something that you believe is fundamentally incorrect. Um, And I can only say this because I have lived this. (laughs) I forced myself to go and listen to people who I thought were just so fundamentally wrong. And the eye opener for me, Anita was Wow, that is not at all what I have come to believe about that person. Like hearing them in their own words, hearing them in full conversations, oh, yeah, as opposed to what media does, which is sound bites, right, right to support a storyline. Yeah, um, it was, it was absolutely foundational for me. The divergence away from you know, like mainstream but also just quieting a lot of that and dedicating more time to my spiritual practice my soul Mm. practice those body-based practices the mind-based practices
0: yeah Yeah. all of that is so healthy for you Mm. um really interesting i've been actually contemplating um going and doing some research, not research, but listening to a particular politician. um, I I am totally against, but I'm totally against because of everything I've heard in the media. And I haven't, truthfully, I haven't, um, I haven't listened to this politician speak much himself and um I have a hard time believing that I could possibly agree with anything he has to say. But I realize that my opinion yeah. is shaped by what I've been reading. Yeah. So and that's yeah. that's dangerous. That's really dangerous. So Yeah,
1: and and I I mean obviously I come at it from a perspective of I spent almost 30 years in that industry. I started my career in media and moved into sort of marketing strategy and that kind of thing. But I I just know how the game works, mm-hmm. and even though I knew, I still found myself kind of just going along for a while uh until a certain uh set of experiences just like like jarred me out of that space in my head, and it's not like I hadn't been taking in divergent thoughts right I'd been on my journey for probably eight years for sure. Um, maybe 10 by then. And it was, it was, um, it was a tough, you know, it was a tough experience for me from a different perspective. Tough because, you know, we all have to kind of realize that, Oh God, I was going along. Yeah. Didn't like that. I never Mm. thought of myself as a go alonger, but here I was. Mm. And, it was even harder, you know, and that was a lot of like healing, deep healing that had to go on for me personally, because I had been a part of it. Uh Even if I hadn't been a part of it, I was still a part of it, (laughs) right? you know, which
0: could be um, soul destroying. If you're, if you're feeling like you're out of alignment with, with who you are meant to be, what your, your soul purpose is but
1: to answer your question yeah that'd be a fun conversation to have
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay we'll we'll have to um consider that and maybe we'll we'll build a um another conversation around that at another time um really interesting i'd like to bring it back a little bit and we'll and we'll wrap it up um soon uh the the human design the work that Mm you do with human design the soul styles um first is there uh is there anything that you can um share with our audience right now that will um help them understand who they are better using your practices the human design or have you already maybe this you know like the um the love of body is your your technique and going in with um that 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 body-based practice mind-based practice and spirit-based practice is that all connected to human design or is that so i think so i mean it's certainly all what led
1: me to human design
0: right
1: like all of those practices you know, I'm going to go divergent for a second here. Um, One of the, one of my stopovers on my journey was uh, working with something called the Kabbalion uh, and it's the hermetic tradition. The hermetic tradition has seven universal principles. And what I really got to in one of those principles, it's the principle of correspondence. And it says that there is no separation. Hmm. Everything in the universe is connected so mm-hmm. you hear this in the woo-woo circles, right? In the whole new age circles, right? Everybody's connected. We're all inter- 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 interconnected. And and we are. From a physics uh, perspective, we know that. But also just from a spiritual perspective, the spiritual traditions have told us that for thousands of years. <clears throat> but there's no separation. And so when I look at my journey now, and I think of all of those places that I've been to, <laughs> either in my mind or in real, um, when I... Every single one of them led me to kind of a turning point, right? A turning point where I started to work with something um, either more specifically or more um, um, deliberately, right? Being very specific about how you work with it. So I'm not an astrologer. I use astrology to be able to provide help people connect with their own inner oracle through their data, right um the same thing with human design i have i study it in order to be able to use it in a very specific way and i use it in a very deliberate way but you are asking like did that all lead me like like is that all wrapped up in human design i believe that it is mm-hmm. because when you look at what the backbone of human design is um it has taken into account a, a lot of the body based practices that are available to people the philosophy that sits behind those, right? The philosophy behind Reiki, the philosophy behind yoga—it's all in there, and um, I think it's a beautiful representation of a lot of different spiritual traditions, um, from like the the Jewish community, uh, not so much Judaic Christian, but um. Because it's it's got aspects of of Judaism in it. There's a reflection of you know the Chinese culture. There's a reflection of the Indian culture. There's a reflection of just so much. That, and I think what sold me on quantum human physic or uh, human design, where I didn't resonate with the traditional version of it, was because it it's woven in quantum mechanics, quantum physics, oh, and that is science, right? Really? So. It for me, it just was. It it grounded, right, a lot of this very spiritual, wooey stuff, and it made it feel more grounded in science, uh, like real science. And the way that I choose to use it, I, I, I am choosing to use it in a way that I think honors Mm -hmm. the the truth of of science it's an experiment it's we have a theory we're working and we have a we have we we're going to go and do experiments to see what happens right you have this theme in your chart what does that actually mean so i would like to leave your your um your audience with one thing because i think what i love about science is that it gives us an opportunity to build confidence in something and when you're new to a lot of this stuff, if you've never heard of human design, if you have kind of looked at astrology as being, mm, no, thank you. And same thing with numerology. I think it's really helpful to, to work with something um, that is, that gives you confidence that, mm-hmm. that gives you a sense of, yeah, I think there's something to this. It may not be the whole thing, but it's something, there's something here. So right now we're in 2023. And in numerology, when you add those numbers up, you get to the number seven. And seven carries with it, um, from from an energetic perspective, um, sort of this feeling of going within, going within, taking time, making time to reflect, to release, and to restore something in some aspect of your life. So I would invite your audience to just consider, how's that been showing up in your in your corner of the world? Now, that's the global number. And mm-hmm. then you we each have our own soul number based on our birthday. Uh, so go back to the number that we were using at the very beginning of this call, talking about our core number. If our birth date is May 8th, then we're going to take the month of May 5 and the day 8, and we're going to add it to 7, and then again distill it down to one number. You've got, what is that? 13 plus seven is 20. Two plus zero together is a two. So you're, so that person would be in a two year. And what is a two year? Two year is kind of, you're just coming, you're coming into something new, right? You're, you're, you're off of a one year, right? A one year is all about new beginnings. You're starting something. A two is like kind of where you're just starting to see things maybe take shape, Mm. Maybe you're starting to look for some partners to, to you know, advance it. And this is, again, where I start to bring it into the business perspective, right? Uh, one of my clients just launched a new product or a new service line. That was last year. And this year is all about, okay, how do we start to grow that? How do we start to really cultivate that? What are the things that we might consider? What do we want to look for in partners? That sort of stuff.
0: That's really, uh, it's really cool. I, I love that. Uh, do you happen to have um, like a, a one sheet or any resources that um, describe that, that not only the process, yeah. but what the numbers like the, the meaning, the core meaning of the numbers? I do. I have, I
1: just wrote, this is my first year that I wrote this. It's a 2023 um, energy alignment guide. And cool. so it helps you kind of get a head, a sense of you know what is this global number? What is my own soul style number? Mm-hmm. And I walk you through this whole way of like how do you test it? How, mm-hmm. What are the things that I'm going to look for? And 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 how can I play with this a little bit? And and play with it and yeah. have fun with it. Like like it doesn't have to be super serious, right? This is fun stuff. Really, when you get into it, it's really fun. It's really like you're you're going to sit there and go, I don't know how this works. But it does, and so it does, and so I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that would be really fun. Um, would we take your yeah. hands on a copy of that so I can share yeah. it with my audience? That would be yeah. Fun. So
1: I can either send you a download, and the download is just you know you download it and you, you get it and awesome. you get my monthly email from there. Okay, which can unsubscribe to but um, but no, yeah, why, it's, why it's would just... anybody
0: want to unsubscribe? Okay, so if they so it's an automatic uh, sign up for your newsletter, and you get this yeah. free download. Awesome. Yeah, I guess exactly. Signing up. <laughs> I want to get my handle. So
1: I will send that link to you so that you can include it in the show
0: notes for people. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be, sure. be great. Very good. And I will also include contact information um, for you in the show notes. But just um, quickly, uh, what's the name of your website? Put it out here now so people can hear. hear okay. You
1: so my website is Soul Style Me. Soul Style Dot Me www.soulstyle.me and that's also my handle on instagram is soul style trish awesome
0: and that's where you can find me great and that's where we'll get the download right for your um the freebie that you're offering
1: yeah i I you can get it off of my website but i'll send you a direct link so that you can
0: just get people right to it they don't have to awesome to you are uh angel <laughs> okay trish this was really fun and i do see Thank you have you back on the show again because you are a wealth of information there's so many oh my gosh there's so many ways uh different conversations i feel like you and i could have and i'm, I'm feeling lit up by the the things that you shared with uh with well anita i've done a lot of around <laughs> <laughs> the answer, right? Eh? How you how you find yourself is fucking <laughs> kind of true <laughs> kind awesome. and all with right. that, thank you joyful journeyer for tuning in I hope you enjoyed the show if you did, uh, if you got some value out of this, please um, rate and review the show, that goes a long way for helping us to reach more people and our mission is to raise the collective consciousness by having these kind of conversations so help us do that by spreading the word. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on the Joyful Journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.